0: Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, Gmail, Instagram, Anchor. Okay, I got my water. And now I'm ready to go. So the group has gone through the portal that Dream Corp may or may not have left in the gym. Lenore closed her eyes as she was sucked into the portal. She waited for something, anything really. The pain of her body falling to the ground, a soft impact into the other end of the portal, but nothing came so she kept her eyes shut. It wasn't until Deanne called her a dummy in her signature sarcastic tone that she opened her eyes. Lenore was really starting to get sick of Deanne. Not only did she humiliate her by reading her blog but she also just had to make her feel stupid for keeping her eyes closed. When the group looked around they realized that they were in the middle of a town square. People were walking around them. Some people gave the group a cursory glance, but most people paid them no mind, as if it were normal to appear out of thin air. As Lenore looked around, she realized that they were in the middle of the road, but there were no cars. Oh wait, yes there were. They were just in the air. (sighs) Yeah, that's normal. Matt questioned where they were, and Taylor pulled her phone out, but she couldn't get a signal. So Allie and Jack decided to find someone who could help. Allie saw a cafe and thought that they might be able to find someone trustworthy in there, so she and Jack walked towards it. The second they stepped on the sidewalk, the rest of the group vanished in a flash of light. Jack and Allie turned around to find the street devoid of their friends. He looked at Allie and said, We need to get help. The rest of the group was transported to a large mansion that looked run down and abandoned. Taylor and Lenore immediately felt off about the house and wanted to find a way out, but Deanne only teased them for being babies. She tried to get Matt in on the teasing, but he agreed with Taylor and Lenore. Something was off about that house. What's worse, he felt something watching him. He looked around the room, Matt looked around the room, taking inventory of everything there. A creepy grandfather clock, creepy bear rug, creepy staircase, creepy crooked figure. Someone was watching them. Matt wanted to scream. He really did, but he couldn't bring his voice to do it, so he just watched it quietly. It was too dark to make out any features but he knew it was tall and it didn't look friendly. He backed up and hit a body. Assuming it was one of his friends, he turned around to tell them to stay quiet. What he saw was a pale face of an old woman. Her face was partially covered by her black hair, but he could see her bloodshot eyes and sharp teeth. As she opened her mouth, Drool started to pull down on Matt's shoes. The warm goo seeped through his sneakers and felt awful and smelled worse. He was too terrified to look away, stuck in a trance. Taylor grabbed his hand and brought him back into reality and pulled him towards the door. His legs remembered how to run and soon he was dragging Taylor behind him. They kept running past the doors, down the road, into a clearing. They looked back at the house and saw the two figures in the window, silently staring at them. Unmoving. Something about the eerie sight jogged Matt's memory, and he remembered that there were two more people in their group. He started to go back to the house, already shouting their names, but Taylor told him that they ran out before Taylor grabbed him. Oh, that was nice. (laughs) They looked around them and realized that they were surrounded by a forest and had no way of knowing where Deanna and Lenore went or where they should go. The figures in the window were still watching them, so they decided to pick a direction quickly and get out of there. They started into the forest, listening for any other movement or any sign of their friends, but they found nothing except the wildlife. The silence made Matt uncomfortable, so he made a comment about at least being out of the haunted house. Things were getting better, and their luck was just beginning. Wrong choice of words, Matt. Wrong choice of words, Matt. A flaming ball lit up into the sky and crashed into the forest less than a mile away from them with a thunderous boom. A small cloud of smoke rose into the sky. After a moment, the trees started to move apart like they were being pushed aside. Loud footsteps grew closer and closer until the duo saw a giant dragon stood in front of them. It froze in front of them and leaned in to smell them. Matt whispered, don't move to Taylor and the dragon froze, too. Taylor made a wild guess that the dragon could understand them, and asked if it could understand them, and if it was friendly. The dragon growled at that. Matt shushed her, and the dragon stopped. Oh, Taylor thought. She understood now. Taylor turned to Matt and told him to talk to it. Matt argued with her for a little bit on the ridiculousness of her suggestion, until he heard the dragon in his head, introducing themselves, as orion matt stopped his arguing and asked if taylor heard that heard what taylor hadn't heard anything orion replied that they were speaking telepathically had matt never really heard of telepathy he was clearly gifted at it matt relayed this information to taylor and introduced her to orion with excitement dripping from his voice he had telepathy he wasn't sure how but it was cool regardless Matt explained everything he had been through to Orion, and asked if they could take the two of them back to people who could help them. And they agreed, but only for Matt. They didn't like Taylor. Matt sighed. This was going to be a long negotiation. Meanwhile, Lenore and Deanne ran through the forest until they came upon a little cottage. Deanne didn't want to go inside. There was no way to know who or what was in there. But Lenore felt strangely good about that place. Her intuition was telling her to go inside, so she knocked on the door. It opened to reveal a giant green woman who looked stronger than even the strongest strong man could ever hope to be, and the two tusks on the side of her mouth were less than welcoming. Well, Lenore thought to herself, intuition could be wrong sometimes. Before they could run, though, The woman bent down to Lenore's level and started cooing over her, and lamented over how she and her friend looked lost and scared. She was very motherly. She ushered them inside and fed her soup that her husband made earlier that day. Throughout the whole ordeal, Deanne stayed quiet out of fear of the giant woman known as Runa, but Lenore felt perfectly at home with her. She told them about Earth and how they got there through the weird portal in their school gym. Runa didn't completely understand what she was talking about, but she was impressed by the girl's willingness to explain her world to her. Lenore told her about the haunted house, and how freaked out they were. But she just laughed. That house wasn't haunted. It belonged to the ghosts. And they were some of the friendliest residents on the planet. Their habits were odd, though. Lenore felt embarrassed, but was happy that she didn't ditch her friends to die in that house the room behind her caught Lenore's attention. It looked like it was on fire. She jumped into fire training mode. Well, if VHS tapes on what to do when you see a fire counts as training. But Runa calmed her down and said it was just the hallway to her forge. She was a blacksmith. Lenore lit up. She always wanted to try blacksmithing, but she had no one who could teach her. She was going to ask Runa, but was scared of what she might say, so she kept quiet. Runa gave them a tour of the cottage. It was a lot bigger on the inside than it looked on the outside. From the outside you could only see four windows, but there were seven rooms and four bathrooms. Lenore wondered how that was possible and why they needed so many rooms. Runa explained that she had a large family that liked to come over often, so she needed the extra space. And as for the how, it was magic, duh. Throughout the entire tour, Lenore kept looking back in the direction of the forge, and eventually Runa caught on, so she offered to take the two kids inside and teach them a few tricks. Deanne huffed about it and walked through the front door. Lenore chased after her and asked where she was going. Deanne was leaving. She wanted to be anywhere but there with that freak of a woman, her words exactly. Lenore stood her ground and said that she was staying. If Deanne wanted to leave, she would be leaving by herself. In the heat of the moment dan left and lenore huffed back into the house not knowing that runa saw the whole thing obviously letting a young girl walk through the woods alone wasn't a great idea but she also didn't like the girl and wasn't going to suffer through her rudeness so as a compromise she put a good luck spell on her so that she would find her way back into town or at least find her friends with that she turned her attention back to lenore and tried getting her excitement back up by showing her how she set up her shop with magic. Lenore almost instantly forgot about Deanne, and asked Runa a million and one questions about how magic worked all at once. But the one she really wanted to know was, could she be taught magic too? Runa chuckled at the young girl's enthusiasm and was happy to try. So they began her training in magical blacksmithing. Runa started with the preparations showing Lenore how to clean the messy room with magic, and moved into making the fire and metal out of magic. She explained that in Dianus, the world that the kids had been transported to, no one took more than what was necessary. So she learned creation magic, to prevent herself from taking too much from the world's metal ores. Creation magic was rare though, and you either had to be born with it or work to master it for years. For some people, mastering it took most of their lives. There were only six people in the world currently who were powerful enough and skilled enough to use it regularly and she was one of them lenore though unskilled was able to conjure up some metal much to runa's surprise it was unstable though so it melted within 30 seconds but runa promised to teach her how to harness her newfound power and stabilize her creations she bought lenore to her main workstation and showed lenore how to make an iron pendant a manageable project for an eager pupil like Lenore. As they continued working, Runa's husband, Alistair, came home with some herbs he harvested for the new moon. He introduced himself and left quietly. He was never really as outgoing as his wife, but he loved her huge presence. Lenore and Runa continued on with their work. All the while, Deanne wandered through the woods, ranting to herself about Lenore and the stupid portal she just had to show to the group. Lenore ruined just about everything. Lenore was annoying all the time, and if you asked her why she felt that way, she wouldn't be able to tell you. The two just never got along. They were like oil and water, never meant to mix. Lenore was willing to peacefully avoid her, but Diane wanted to voice her anger, and honestly she hoped it would make Lenore go away. Which, by the way, so rude. Wasn't Diane the one to go through the portal first? <laughs> anyway... At some point, during her angry shouting to herself, she came across Taylor standing alone in the trees. Matt had flown off on the back of the dragon, and was nowhere to be seen. They decided to go off looking for him. Up in the skies, Matt was absolutely terrified. He knew he shouldn't have gotten on, but the dragon promised to take them to some people that could help them, and they really needed help. For whatever reason... He hopped on without a second thought about how trustworthy this dragon was. Uh, hello, stranger danger. And now he was hurling through the sky at breakneck speed, grabbing onto nothing but the scales on their back. Great situation to be in, I know. The flight didn't last long, thankfully. As soon as Morion touched down, Matt leapt onto the ground and kissed it. Orion rolled their eyes at the sight. It wasn't that bad they told Matt. You just need some training. Matt barely registered Orion's thoughts, but he sure heard someone clear their throat. He looked up to see a short man with light eyes and a very beautiful face looking down at him. Orion, who is this? he asked. Matt couldn't hear the rest of their conversation, but the man seemed pleased with Orion's response. He turned to Matt and introduced himself as Alistair, the witch, which sounded strange to Matt. Weren't men warlocks? Nope. Witches were like nature's doctors or herbalists. Warlocks were more like scientists, astronomers, things like that. Alistair was just out in the woods gathering herbs that might be a cure to a disease that was spreading. He showed Matt his basket of herbs and Matt was immediately entranced. Alistair was about to go and get more plants and maybe converse with some animals, which interested Matt even more. So when he invited Matt to come out with him, he agreed. Alistair looked at Orion, who squatted down and let him climb on their back. Alistair's hands glowed and snapped onto Orion's scales with a light slap. He asked Alistair how he did that. Alistair was surprised at his question, though. It was only magic, and a basic spell at that. Everyone on Dianus knew it. Even children would use it to play by sticking onto ceilings and walls. He showed Matt how to do it and he motioned for Matt to jump on, and, as he expected, Matt was able to do it. But Alistair was suspicious. He heard Lenore tell Runa about being from another world that didn't teach magic. Earth, he recalled. He wondered if Matt was from the same place. They flew over the clearing that Matt and Taylor were in about an hour ago, and landed on a large mountain next to a flowing spring. The water was magenta, and it seemed to flow into the magenta grass in the clearing. Matt wondered aloud if the spring was what gave the clearing its color. Alistair just responded that everything in this world was not as it seemed. He asked Matt if he was from Earth, the same one that Lenore, the girl inside his cottage, mentioned. Matt confirmed his suspicions and was happy to hear that she was safe, if not a little mad that she ditched him and then went on to stay in a cottage instead of looking for him and Taylor. But he was glad that she was safe nonetheless. He asked Alistair if he had seen Deanne, but there was only one Earth girl in the cottage with his wife, so he didn't know who she was. While picking herbs and exploring the flora with Alistair, Matt got curious. Why could he talk to Orion when Taylor couldn't? Alistair had a maybe answer that boiled down to genetics. Perhaps Matt was more inclined towards magic than his friend. Lenore was also magically gifted as well, so maybe some Earth humans were just like that. It was also possible, too, that their hobbies on Earth made them more magically inclined. Lenore was already into woodworking and crafting, so creation magic was kind of up her alley. Matt was into hiking and biology, so perhaps animal telepathy was also up his alley? Alistair pointed out that Matt had a knack for finding things. Whenever Alistair needed a specific plant, Matt seemed to instinctively find it. It was very possible that he was a pathfinder as well, although pathfinders were rare. Telepathy with other species and pathfinding magics were often mastered together. Alistair offered to help Matt master it too if he wanted to stay on Dianus. Unfortunately, Matt couldn't do that. He was intent on getting back to Earth even though he was having a lot of fun exploring with Alistair. When Alistair finished collecting his herbs, he decided to take Matt back to the cabin to Lenore and his wife to make a plan on how they could find their friends and get them back to Earth. But when Orion leapt into the air, they were stopped by Damien. Yes, that same Damien, Janice's Damien. Damien informed them that their friends Allie and Jack were waiting for them in the town cafe with Taylor and Deanne matt told them that they were going to get lenore but there was no need she was already on her way there actually with the message relayed damien left in a puff of smoke his signature move matt looked at alistair and asked if he should trust him he looked very suspicious after all alistair just chuckled and explained that damien was the creator's right hand man if anyone could be trusted it was him they took off toward the town cafe And on the way matt asked about this creator for starters who was he she was janice alistair explained but that's all the information he could give no one knew much about her except for damien and people knew even less about him it wasn't that she isolated herself she just preferred to be private she feared that if she were too open about her power and her past people would start to revere her as a god And she didn't want that. So she kept herself quiet. She would come out to socialize with her world every now and again. But if you didn't know who she was, you wouldn't even know that she made the world. She kept it low-key and liked it that way. And that was all that Alistair knew. By the time they arrived in the town square, Lenore had just arrived at the cafe with Runa. She and Matt waved goodbye to Orion, Runa, and Alistair as they flew off back into the forest. When Lenore and Matt walked into the cafe, they saw their friends sitting at a table. They looked exhausted, bored, done with Dianus, and Deanne looked slightly bruised and very disheveled. Lenore was relieved she and Runa found a way to get back because, judging from the look on their faces, they did not have as much fun as her. She asked them what happened, but Allie snapped back with a, don't ask. She was usually pretty chill, so if she was mad, it was best not to bother them about it. Instead, she pulled out a stone she and Runa created from a burlap sack that Runa gave her. It was a vibrant purple gem with a spark floating inside of it, and it was their ticket back to Earth. The group was very happy to hear that. Lenore threw it into the ground, and it shattered and expanded into a portal in seconds. Lenore didn't even have to tell them to go through. They took off running the minute they saw the gem on the other side. Matt hesitated, though, and he looked at Lenore. She was looking at the forest where Orion, Alistair, and Runa went. He understood her affliction, and he felt the same way. Lenore looked back at him and saw the same longing she felt. They wanted to stay. But they couldn't. They had lives on Earth. Lenore walked up to him and grabbed his hand. Don't worry, she said. I have more stones. She opened her bag to see about 20 purple gems in her sack. He smiled and walked through with her. Okay, I think that's enough for tonight. We'll rest and then pick up tomorrow. No, the story's not over. There's still more to tell. Tomorrow morning, though. Also, you're starting the fire and making breakfast again. All right, good night.